Welcome to the Film Trooper Podcast, where filmmakers become entrepreneurs. With my dad, he's a dork. Hi, and welcome to the Film Trooper Podcast. I'm your host, Scott McMahon, and this is the podcast where we try to help filmmakers become entrepreneurs. Today, I have a special guest. Her name is Marissa Vitali, and she's over in New York as an actress, as well as a producer and a writer. And I happen to um, be introduced to her by... Um, Brandy George over at Persona PR, as Marissa gets ready for the premiere of her short film Grace, uh, premiering at the New York Soho International Film Festival on May 14th, uh, 2015. Now, Marissa's story is that she's a Brooklyn-based actress who graduated from New York University's Tisch School and has been working uh, steadily as a professional actor in the New York area. Um, She's been on soap operas, Shows that have been on HBO, ABC, uh, Discovery, and as well as uh, the New York City Theater. However, Marissa's story takes a dark turn because she, at a very young age, uh, found herself um, disillusioned with acting and basically found gratification in clubbing and drugs. And those types of drugs led to a heroin addiction. So in the process of trying to get clean, Marissa made this film, Grace which is a short film about the recovery and hope uh, for anyone going through um, any sort of addiction. With that said, let's just jump into the interview with Marissa Vitali, actress, writer, producer of the film Grace, here on the Film Trooper Podcast. Well, I'm Marissa Vitali, and I am a actress and producer here in New York, like you just said, and I'm about to head into the festival circuit with my first film, Grace, which is inspired by my first year clean from heroin addiction. So I really wanted to tell a story with this film about hope and recovery and start that conversation and really focus on the solution as opposed to the problem with this film. So I'm just super excited for her to come out into the world and be received and, you know, just start those conversations. Now, the film Grace is a short film, and is is it premiering on May 14th at the uh, International Soho New York uh, Film Festival? Is that correct? Yes. Super excited. We are going to be having our New York premiere at the Soho International Film Festival, and we were actually this past weekend a finalist at the USA Film Festival out in Texas, which was an awesome experience to be able to have that. And we have a bunch of festivals that are kind of lining up as we go, headed into June and July and things of that nature. Well, congratulations. So um, Thank you so much. I feel like I'm birthing a baby in like a strange metaphorical way, but anybody that's made a film, I know can relate to that statement. <laughs> <laughs> so it's definitely an exciting time to have her be out in the world for sure. Let me, I don't want to gloss over it because I know it's interesting how you're like, you know, this particular film is about, you know, um, recovering heroin um, addiction and so on. Because that's like kind of a big topic, you know, because it's like, you know, not everyone becomes a heroin addict. <laughs> so I was curious, like um, your journey of um, like how, how long, how many years have been clean um, in terms of where you were able to find yourself able to champion this project? Yeah, wow. You know, it's so crazy because at the time, I mean, it just goes to show you how twisted my thinking was. But at the time when I was at NYU and hanging out in clubs and going to after hours and parties, I really did believe at one time that that's like what everybody did. So it's just so interesting that you say that with jest, but it's actually in truth. I mean, that just goes to show you the place that I was in at that time in my life. And, you know, fast forwarding, I've been clean now 
half years living in recovery and um and then you know it's just been a personal journey of doing a lot of self work and you know just every day making those choices on a daily basis to like do the next right thing you know and and kind of bringing it back to grace i can definitely say that my first year clean was one of the most difficult times in my life because i felt like for the first time I had to face myself. I had to face my anger, my resentment, my hurt, my pain, my jealousy, you know, all of these pieces of human nature that had just been so suppressed for so many years. And in that first year, it's like everything came flooding back. And for the first time in my life, I didn't have a drink or a drug to hide behind. Mm-hmm. And I, and for me, that was the most challenging time for me you know every day the little smallest decisions was like a huge momentous task and uh and and for me that was the real struggle you know to not go to the quick fix of like let me just numb myself out and I'll deal with this later kind of thing but really truly facing myself head on minute by minute moment to moment um and that that was really for me a very powerful time in my life. It's interesting you mentioned. I know um, your background. You uh, you grew up in Brooklyn, and then you were able to attend uh, the the Tisch. Was it what university did you go to to study acting? Um, I I actually grew up on Long Island, oh, okay. and I went to New York University, and I studied at Tisch. I was a drama major. Lee Strasberg was my kind of uh, theater school that I studied at was in Tisch. Uh, so, you know, method all the way. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I actually had the opportunity to do their experimental theater wing in Amsterdam one, one summer, which was an amazing experience working with a lot of Grotowski and physical body work and things like that, which for me was a great connection as an actor because I had always been a dancer growing up as a child. And for the first time, doing Krotowski's work, I was really able to see the connection between the dance being the physical movement and then the, you know, the work that I did at Strasbourg, the emotional inner life and like how the two really connected in expressing through the body. So for me, that was such a, such like an amazing connection I was able to make with the work at that time. Uh, it was very important for me that time I spent there. Wow, that's interesting. You know, actually, I was born in Long Island myself, uh, Southampton. Oh, really? Where? <laughs> uh, what part of Southampton? I met, I moved when I was five. I, you know, I was born there, uh, but we left when I was five. So very I, cool. Um, I remember just getting a lot of ticks in the hair. In the <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. And fireflies in the summertime. Yeah. Summer's like the best season out there. It's really amazing. I don't think my father paid much attention to us while my mom was away uh, working at the cafe. I, I, I remember my brothers mm-hmm. and I getting picked up by the cops just because we were uh, had wandered too far away from the house and we're on the highway or something. <laughs> oh, my God. I love it. They're like, where are you children going? You're supposed to be in school right now. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah, it was really awesome. We actually shot on Long Island which was, for me, you know, such a homecoming, such a moving experience because we shot in my hometown on Long Island and I even got to shoot in the diner that I worked in my first year clean, which was like, wow. I mean, just stepping into that place, it was, I mean, the whole shoot was such a surreal experience, but the fact that we were able to shoot at Tim's Shipwreck Diner and, you know, he was so generous in his support of the project and being a part of it was really like very healing. 
very healing to come back to that place and be able to do that, you know? Yeah. It must be interesting to be on that level where you have your, you know, your, your personal story, your personal demons and personal, um, 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 I guess, rebirth that you're going through all this stuff and then you, and you have a film crew around you like, okay, we're setting up and, you know, let me, I'm sure not a lot of people understand like some of the um, personal connections you might have to that location. Uh, so how did you work? How were you able to separate yourself from like the performer and Marissa as the real person going through this? Um, or or was it all just, you know, drawing from the same strength? You know, I think it was a little bit of both. I, I do have to share that I had been already working on the film and the story for about two years. So it's not you know, traditionally when you're an actor, you get cast in something and you're shooting in like two, three weeks, maybe a month out, and you have time to prep all this. So for me, I had been working on this role already for two years and really in the story of what was happening kind of thing. And it's interesting that you say that because as an actor, we're, we're always playing different characters in different roles. However, we're utilizing our own experiences in one way or another to inform that role, but it's always under the guise that we're playing a character. Mm-hmm. And for me, you know, to work so close to the bone, so to speak, and it was such a fine line of really uh, being mindful of where, you know, Marissa and Janice kind of met right in the middle, you know. Yeah. Um, I can say, like, during the prep, I just, you know, I was I was aware that this was going to happen, so I prepared myself, and I really took care of myself as an actor, as a human, as a being, as a performer, like really surrounding myself with nurturing, positive people, really keeping a single-mindedness of focus. I really upped my yoga practice, my meditation practice, you know, anything and everything that would just, kind of support me through this moment kind of thing. I I found myself spending a lot more time in nature, you know, Prospect Park in Brooklyn where I live and, you know, just like sitting on the beach, staring at the ocean and just really kind of taking care of myself and being mindful of that. And uh, in terms of production, I was also a producer on the project. I was really able to hand the production over two weeks before to Claudine Merritt, who was also a producer on the project at the time. And her and I, we had like a big powwow meeting of anything and everything that needed to be taken care of or could come up or possibilities. And we went through what all of those decisions would be. And at that point in time, I just, you know, handed the checkbook over, the production notebook over, and just kind of gave her the green light to make those decisions as they came up. So I would really be able to kind of go into this I feel like I kind of went into almost like a womb state of being before shooting, you know, just to really kind of focus on Janice and, and honor her and her journey, you know, Um, and also be aware that there was going to be a lot of things that would come into the mix once I did step on set, because I knew I was kind of, you know, as some would say, like revisiting the crime, so to speak. So, um, you know, I did, have a, have someone on set with me that just was somewhat of a buffer between production crew, like you were saying, as well as you also have to keep in mind, I had family, friends there, <laughs> high school teachers there, friends from high school, people in town that were stopping by that wanted to see what was going on or just being background. So I was really grateful that I was able to have someone on set with me that could just kind of 
ensure the fact that I would be able to stay somewhat in this quote unquote safe space, you know? So I feel like I did everything I could possibly do to really keep that space sacred, to be able to create and be present for the entire experience and also allow emotion to come up. There was one shot where like, I just kind of like blanked on the line. I went into the kitchen and I just like had that moment of bawling and, you know, the director came in and was like, what can we do? I'm like, I just need a moment. Like, it's just all kind of coming to me now and hitting me like, give me two moments and then I'm ready, like ready to do the take, you know? And so you just kind of have to be mindful that that was going to come up as well, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I'm getting a little emotional, just like kind of thinking back to those moments. Wow. Well, yeah, it, it was really beautiful. I'm so grateful that I had that experience. You know, I mean, art heals. So um, I think any time as creators or artists or performers, actors, you know, writers, anytime we have a chance to heal a part of ourselves through the art that we do, I think is, I think that honestly, I feel that this is what this journey is about. So I guess that's a t-shirt you can get arts art heels you know <laughs> like you could make one and put it on your site right <laughs> one uh, size fits all <laughs> for everyone <laughs> now it's, it's, i love it i love it <laughs> so it's, it's, i'm curious fantastic. i was curious if you um i know the theme that you you're the intentions of the theme is to show recovery and uh you know that's it's forever, I, I, I guess, I, you know, in terms of those who, are, who aren't going through the same recovery process, but those who are outside looking in to have some empathetic understanding of what people go through. Um, I know that it's a short film. How do you address sort of like in a, like a story constructs of like really showing like the worst case scenario of like what happens or, or somebody just by you know I me mean, like just starting off with saying like oh this person is an addict and now we have to just talk about the recovery but you know there's something visceral about the um, storytelling process for an audience to go oh my god I didn't realize like how gnarly uh, you know the addiction could get or bad but knowing that uh, the, the hero's journey is like coming out of that and you know finding uh, healing uh, and so that the the ending is has a you know a bit bigger payoff that kind of stuff so how do you work that in into a short film um, knowing that the the main theme or the story that you want to tell is about um, recovery and healing. Well, I think it's interesting that you say that. Um, the short film actually only deals with her first year clean. So there is no flashback to kind of, you know, the dark days of using. But to be honest with you, I feel like as a culture, we're inundated with movies. I mean, anybody can watch a movie, learn how to shoot a bag of dope, smoke a crack pipe. I just feel that that's the reality that we live in. I know I go on Facebook and I see, you know, the before and after of like the meth addicts and there's just, I mean, I just feel that we're so inundated with these images that as soon as we see these images, unfortunately, I feel that people tend to go to a place of judgment, mm -hmm. however they feel about that image that they see. So for me, I really think it was more powerful to show, you know, in that first year clean is when you're faced with the wreckage of your past. Janice is faced with the fact that she lost her daughter to using, and now she has to prove herself that she's doing the right thing. And I think that on a human level, oh, I'm getting some goosebumps, I love that, but <laughs> on a human level, I feel that that's relatable for people, for every parent, anyone that's ever had a child, 
to be able to process what that would feel like for them. So I feel that that automatically kind of brings the viewer into being on the journey with Janice as opposed to their personal point of view towards an addict using drugs kind of thing, you know. And I think it's interesting because there's a lot of news in the press right now about how heroin addiction has moved into a lot of the suburbs here on the East Coast. And it's like your star football player is using heroin and, you know, people of prominent families are addicted to heroin. And and so I really feel that this idea of like the junkie standing on the corner with a needle sticking out of his arm, that's not the reality of the heroin addict today. Yeah. And so to change that perception, I feel like the the easiest way into that with a door is to really have people identify on a human level. So I feel that when people see someone dealing with the wreckage of their past, it's like we can all identify with that because we've all been there, whether it's like trying to consolidate like debt or credit cards or with eating or shopping. It's like we've all been in a place where like, I got to get this together, you know? Yeah. And I think that that's more of a universal hook in. I gotcha. It's like, it's like second chances. Like everybody need, just needs that. Like, uh, I can relate to the opportunity to get shit right. <laughs> Yeah, you know, and what are you going to do in that moment when you do have that chance to do the right thing? You know, are you going to show up despite how you feel, how difficult it is, or are you going to keep doing the same thing? It's interesting. Um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with, like, Kevin Smith and his, um, you know, from Clerks um, and his um, buddy Jason Mewes, um, who's in, like, almost every film that Kevin Smith has made. Um, But a couple years ago, Jason had, you know, um, felt you know, fell to uh, heroin addiction as well. And, and so now Kevin Smith has this like long standing podcast shows or multiple shows. And one of the shows he has is like with him and uh, Jason Muse, where, you know, it's just a lot of, you know, their type of humor, just a lot of just banter because Kevin Smith can just talk and talk and talk and, and it has a gift for the gab. Um, but they do these touring shows together. But the reality is it's there to help. Uh, one of the reasons it's there to help Jason, you know, just like having a cal- accountability um, partner in terms of like Kevin's there to help him make sure that he's clean. So like they start like almost every show, like how many days has it been clean or how many years, you know? So it, it's, it, it's very interesting. Um, like a high profile, you know, uh, performer like that, you know, know it, we all know what he's going through, but to have this cathartic um, sort of um, therapeutic healing through the, the power of art, like you said, art heals. And this format of art is podcasts and live shows and things like that. So mm-hmm. And he just had a baby, so um, with his wife. So it's one of those things like that's another story, like a second life type thing. Um, I might have to send um, um, his stuff your way. <laughs> yeah, please do. Thank you so much for sharing about this podcast. I had no idea they were doing this. I definitely want to check this out. I think it sounds fantastic, and I think that the more people can be talking about it, like what they did for HIV and AIDS and teen pregnancy, like MTV had those huge campaigns back in the day of like, you know, promoting safe sex and all of this kind of stuff. Now, today, it's just part of everyday life and growing up as a teenager and conversations that you have and people feel comfortable having these conversations. So I feel like if more people, you know, bring it to light and share it in entertaining ways and bring humor to it and 
bring compassion to it, then more people will feel comfortable about talking about it. So I think this is fantastic what they're doing. Thank you so much for sharing about it. Oh, yeah, no problem. Everybody check it out. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll, we'll get, let's get, we'll, we'll take a little turn here and have a little fun in sense of, um, um, how many film festivals have you been part of, like where you had a film in it? Uh, I, I, looking at your resume and bio, it looks like you've had a number of films that you've been part of. I'm not too sure whether or not you've been able to uh, participate in the uh, festival screens or not, or what, whether or not Grace is going to be like the full-fledged first one that you'll be there um, almost every festival you can. Um, can you kind of just well, share? So in- oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, 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 finish. I didn't mean to cut you Oh, off. no, no, my bad. I was just, I, I wanted to say, if you can share sort of what you know or what your own experience is about the film festival um, circuit or experience for other filmmakers to kind of, to relate to or aspire to, that'd be fantastic. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, well, it's so interesting that you say that because I actually, the films that I had been a part of that were went to festivals, I was, I was in front of the camera. So I was an actor in these projects. I did have the opportunity to go to the Cannes Film Festival as an actor with the film You and I that I did, directed by Christopher Scott with Red Sky Pictures and Blake Gibbons was in it and we just had like an amazing cast. And so when that was at Cannes, we all went together, um, you know, with the production company and that was just an amazing experience to be in the south of France and it was just so much fun. and. I think at that moment, that's when I really realized what an international community this is. I've, I had found previously, you know, being an American and being an actress and not knowing so much about the production side of things, it was always kind of like New York versus LA Hollywood type of conversations that I found to be happening, type of thing. Are you a New York actor or are you, or, or are you an LA actor kind of thing? But when I was in France at Cannes, I really realized this is just such an international community and, uh, you know, everyone just had such open arms and open heart. It was just so beautiful. And, I, and at that moment, I remember we were sitting on the beach and I was like, wow, like this is all over the world. Like we are in a community that exists like every place, you know, uh, in every country. And that was just, that was just a really beautiful feeling to actually feel and be able to express gratitude for that, you know? Um, And then my other festival experiences were, you know, like I had shared, I've been working on Grace. This is kind of going into about like the fourth year since I actually put pen to paper and wrote the first draft. Um, I knew that I wanted to do the festival circuit with Grace. So what I started to do was I started actually volunteering at film festivals. Ah. So I could kind of see what that experience was. And I'm so grateful. Uh, there's a fantastic casting director here in New York City, Adrian Stern, and she always recommends to actors, like, go volunteer at a film festival. And I'm so grateful I heard that charge from her because I actually did it. And I learned so much. And once again, met so many people that were attending the festival behind the scenes. I met directors, programmers, panelists, distribution people and once again just to feel a part of that community was awesome I mean I, I, to me that's my favorite part of being at the festival is being a part of this community and and able to share with each other your experience um, and so for me that experience was invaluable so if anybody wants to know what a film festival is like like go volunteer at your 
nearest and dearest film festival, you know, and they can always use an extra pair of hands or an extra usher and, um, you know, I, I have found them to be very welcoming for volunteers. And then as a filmmaker, Grace will be my first one at a film festival. So I am like over the moon and super excited to be able to be on the journey with her. So Wow, fantastic. You know, let me ask you, your time putting into volunteering, um, did it help any when it came time to submit Grace? Uh, were you able to, or did you just go through the, the normal, like, uh, you know, what is, what is it, out of the box, where they call it, um, <laughs> whatever, whatever yeah, the process. Yeah, right now, the two platforms they're using really is without a box. And then Film Freeway is actually on the rise as well. I feel that there's a lot of festivals that aren't on without a box that are on Film Freeway and also a lot of the same. So I would say those are the two main ones. And then you have a handful of ones for international festivals as well. So you just submitted it through those two uh, platforms, those two services, but you, um, but wasn't necessarily that you had any um, direct connection with a programmer or something that you had volunteered before. Uh, basically, I'm trying to find out, is there a way uh, that you've seen um, by putting the time in to uh, volunteer to get those connections, uh, does it help any down the line when it comes time to submit your own film in terms of just at least not being a total stranger? Well... I think anytime you're able to meet people that work in the same industry as you and that you find to be potential or future collaborators is an invaluable time experience to be had type of thing. So um, me personally, I'm always looking for who are my future collaborators? Who do I want to work with? And at the end of the day, I really have found the business and my experience to be based on relationships, based on the relationships that I have and the people that I know. So I can share that in terms of submitting Grace to festivals. I did do, you know, the without a box and the film freeways for submissions. However, I did send personal email follow people that I, I have met. I also did kind of just, I want to say like mass email, but it was like personalized to people that I know, not just like a blanketed email, but I did email a lot of filmmakers that I knew that had been on festival circuits or just people that I knew who were involved with festivals to see if they had programmers to suggest for me or if they had been to festivals that were favorites of theirs as well. So I really piggyback a lot of my submissions with a personal email follow-up based on uh, a personal connection that I have to that person who I've met, whether it be volunteering at a film festival or at a panel discussion or at a various event here in the city or uh, just through a personal contact that I have that knows them kind of thing. Um, so, yeah, so I really did my best to kind of piggyback on all of the submissions. And also, a lot of the actors in my film and crew, they have all had award-winning films and have been at festivals as well. So we kind of compiled a list of who had been to what festivals. And then, you know, once the film was submitted, reached out to those festivals in that way as well. Okay, great. I was, getting back to, to Grace, um, how, what was the process like, performing your team because you have a film that's directed by uh, Chris Ordahl. How do you pronounce his last name? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and Chris he, 
it looks like he made a film with uh, Jonathan Hawks. Um, I forget the name of the yeah. film, but it looks pretty, <laughs> you know, such a great actor. So it's one of those things like, oh, uh, a very unique tale um, set in New York City as well. Um, how does how does one how did you find yourself organizing your team or like what was the first spark? Was it just you by yourself with a story? And then where did it go from there? Yes, yes, and yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> all of the above. <laughs> um, well, I I had, you know, written the first draft and put it in a drawer after I wrote it, you know, because I'm, quote unquote, an actress, not, quote unquote, a writer, you know, I'm not a filmmaker. So I just kind of let it sit. And then, you know, it kind of came back around. I met an actor that I found very inspiring. His name is George Tat. He had founded the Indies Lab. I met him on an audition that I was at with him and we did an improv together. And, you know, I shared with him about the script that I had written and he suggested, bring it to the Indies Lab. Let's start workshopping it. And so he really gave me a lot of courage and uh, to start kind of, you know, having my work read aloud and workshopping it. So I had amazing actors that really helped with that process. And that's where I met Chris Curson, who in the film plays Trevor, Janice's ex-husband. And he just wrapped a uh, second season of a huge TV show on HBO. So we're very excited for him. Um, so, yeah, so I met him in the workshopping process of Greece. And then at the time it was called Miracle Year. It had a different title and we were workshopping it, workshopping it. And then finally I felt I had gotten it to a place where I felt that I had done as much as I could possibly do. And I was ready to kind of get some feedback. So I reached out to Alicia, who has always been, wow, such a dear compassionate woman in this business and you know I always value her insight and her input and such an insightful artist and I sent her a copy of the script and I was just like hey I wrote something would you have a read and let me know your thoughts she was like yeah send it over so I sent it to her and she read it and she like emailed me back right away and she's like I love it when are we shooting it I was like oh my god I think I'm making a movie (laughs) so then I emailed her back I'm like I don't know when are we shooting (laughs) so you know I Alicia and I we we met and we talked a lot about the film and uh, that's kind of when I started taking meetings for the team, so to speak. And she was very instrumental in in collaborating and helping put that together, you know, in terms of suggestions and possible people that would be a good fit for the project. And that ranged everything from producers to directors to talent Um And she was really there from the beginning, you know, which I'm so grateful to have had her on this journey with me, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, She's someone that I trust, you know, explicitly, and I felt very comfortable to kind of share my thoughts and where I was at with everything with her as we went along. And so I feel like once Alicia was was on board and we were kind of moving forward, you know, I did have a vision where I wanted, where I saw it to be like an all-female cast and crew as much as possible. And we were able to, you know, I started taking meetings with female directors and I brought a female director on at the time. And then she had a baby and she was like, unfortunately, 
because I just, you know, have have a, a newborn, I'm not going to be able to commit to shooting a film once my TV show is done kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and so then that, then I kind of went back to the table and, and I sat with that for a while. You know, I can, I can share that honestly that I sat with that and I really meditated on it. And I was just like, at the end of the day, it's who is the best human to tell this story kind of thing. And that's when I opened it up to starting to take meetings with male directors as well. And, and I have to say one of the things that I really liked about Chris Ordle with his film Earthwork that he did was that he had a really strong sense of the like the narrative biopic film because his feature is also based on a true story as well. And I thought that he really told it so poetically and eloquent and it was beautiful, but yet also uh, you know, it was very clear in, in the structure and, and I thought it was really, really well done and and I felt that those strengths would lend itself really well to telling the story of Janice, you know, being that it's a short film kind of thing. And, uh, you know, I had meetings with other amazing directors as well. And Chris and I, we had a few meetings back and forth. And I, I really felt that he was the best person to tell this narrative story, you know. And so that's how Chris came on board. And, and you know, once again, we had one producer that was on board and then she, uh, she had some personal things that came up and then that's when Claudine Merritt came on board and once again, you know, Alicia had introduced us and we were supposed to originally shoot in June and we wanted to work with Claudine but she was on another project yeah. and then shooting got pushed to April and then she was available. So I was like, oh my God, that's awesome, you know? So I always truly believe that the players who are meant to play will play. <laughs> And, um, you know, we had a lot of meetings with cinematographers and Chris had a mutual friend with Lynn Moncrief, who was amazing. I mean, uh, he brought so much creative collaboration to the table. Um, and I can say that showing the film to people, there's like two shots in the film that everybody's like, oh, my God, that shot's awesome. I love it. I love it. I'm like, woohoo, go Lynn. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, like he was just like awesome to work with. And then, you know, um, having Claudine on board was great because she's a New York producer. So she was really able to kind of reach out to her crews that she works with on a regular basis. So it was really nice, even though we had like a director and a cinematographer from Los Angeles, we had a New York crew that had worked together multiple times before. So it was a very easy integration, I felt. Yeah, interesting. So like... You know, from an outsider's perspective looking in, it's just that you immerse yourself in the community and like one thing led to another, one introduction led to another and and just let it kind of steamroll in terms of the momentum. And just like it, I think most people can relate to any independent um, project trying to get off you know, the ground and get uh, made um, when you have people like, oh, I can only commit. Oh, I just got booked another show. I got, oh, you know, it's like it's it's a constant uh, uh, seesaw and, you know, juggling to finally make it to the finish line. When was the first time that you guys chance to see sort of like the besides dailies and so on, um, like a first cut of the of the film where you felt like, you know, what What were those uh, emotions like, or was it just more pragmatic, like, that's pretty cool, but we need to still work on this, or it wasn't quite what I was looking for, or something like that? We have gone through a lot of editing on the film, and I can definitely say that as the actress in Grace playing Janice, 
it was so interesting because when I was watching the footage, I didn't see myself. Mm-hmm. Even when I would look at the, the the stills from set, I don't recognize myself. I don't, I'm not identifying with my with the photo or the image on the screen, being like, "Oh, that's me," you know. So for me, I found, you know, going through the different rough cuts and making suggestions for edits and possibly doing this and possibly doing that, I felt that it was very. I'm very grateful that I felt that I was very much in an objective place. As opposed to like, oh, I'm the actress. This is my personal moment that I want to have, kind of thing. You know, right. I, I put it really in a very effective place to be like, oh no, this needs to happen for the story. We need to amp this up. We need to speed up these edits or cuts so that the tension is rising, kind of thing. So, I was, I'm very grateful that I was able to see the edits in that way to be of service for the film because at the end of the day, it's what's in the best interest of the project So what's in the best interest of grace. Yeah, no, I totally can relate. I understand where you're coming from. So let me ask you, what do you, um, uh, to, as we wrap it up here, um, so you don't, <laughs> I could keep talking to you forever, but anyway, the, uh, <laughs> I know, me too, me too. <laughs> but I was curious. I can't wait to hear all about your film too. We definitely have to have a follow up on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could. Yeah. It's, uh, not as interesting. No, it's good. <laughs> but, um, I was curious what you, what your hopes are, or do you have a strategy plan of, uh, the circuit, the festival circuit and like, what is your perspective of the film festival circuit in terms of the business aspect? of it and and in your goals for for grace i think at this point for me i really see the film festival circuit as a celebration it's a celebration of grace it's a celebration of recovery it's a celebration of life it's a celebration of you know creating art that heals and i just really see the film festival circuit as an opportunity to share this film share this story and share this conversation with people um and and i have to say that that's for Grace, I really feel that that's where she's going to kind of live and grow and kind of rise, so to speak. For the future of her, I mean, it is a short film. So as you know, distribution for short films, kind of your options are either it's a pitch for the feature, it's the intro to the feature, it's your quote-unquote calling card. However, for this particular film, um, Alicia Reiner, she had done a similar model with her film Speed Grieving, which was a huge success. And that was inspired by her father's battle with cancer. So it's going to be a similar situation where she had paired with a cancer organization. And for us, we want to put together a teaching guide with Grace so that we can pair with a non-for-profit and be available in jails, institutions, schools to continue that conversation. Oh, interesting. Very interesting. Uh, it's good to know that, you, like you said, you have someone has experience on the team of something similar to this in terms of a business model a, or a model of success and mm-hmm. more um, growth. That's fantastic. Um, and the last question I really had for you, being an actress, um, and it's really fascinating. I don't think any other career or any other industry I can think of where someone could, um, you know, go to a very dark place and, like you said, um, a fight with a heroin addiction, yet still be like, all right, that's cool, but can you work tomorrow? You know, <laughs> or you mean it's like, you know I mean? it's like, it's like you, as you know, can you show up on set and can you perform as great as you are? That kind of thing. Um, 
your perspective of your own acting career, um, are you do you are you familiar with like sort of what your type is, what people think of you on an outside perspective of like casting agents and so on? Like, you know, are you this type of uh, character or archetype or anything like that? Um, I was just curious if um, you have a different perspective like that on for your own career. Have a different perspective than shooting Grace or just yeah, kind shooting. Of- now that you're taking taking control of Grace, but just in general, because you know, obviously, you you know, you're still working as an actress. Everything from uh, a narrator on audiobooks to uh, being in you've been in soap operas, which is a whole other conversation. I'd love to have just the fascination of <laughs> soap operas. But the, dun, dun, dun. yeah, <laughs> but it's like so like you know, I think the the. Uh, like they're around, but they, they they've been around. They've been a staple of television history forever, and you know they're a, a, like a go-to um, uh, art form. I think um, that a lot not not a lot of people talk about, but it's uh, something <laughs> that I, I find fascinating. Um, the reason I asked about the type is like you know I'm a, I'm all over here in Portland, Oregon, so I'm on the other side of the coast. And, um, oh my god! I want to submit to the Portland Film Festival. You guys have an amazing film festival. It's on my list, so hopefully we'll be meeting in person soon. <laughs> oh yeah, very cool. So the um, you know I do a little bit of part time acting up here as well, and I, I, the funny thing was is like my uh, type is I've been categorized as you're the ambiguous ethnic uh, non threatening ethnic person. <laughs> So, oh, wow. so it's like it's okay. me, well, it, it's just funny because it's the idea. It's like, well, you're not, you know, you're not like hardcore ethnic, but you're like this ambiguous. But you're you're not you're not like like a heavy. You're like you're like the dad, you know, or the or the husband or something. <laughs> so I'm just curious of whether or not you've gotten that, or you're aware of sort of like what your types are like when you find yourself on auditions. Like what what you normally go um, or being asked to go out on auditions for? Of course, yeah. I have to say once again, I'm very grateful and blessed that I feel like I would say like 99% of the auditions that I go on are like tens for me. Like I open up like the breakdown and I read the size and it's, it's something that I'm super psyched about. I'm like, yes, I fucking love it. Oh, whoops. I just cursed. Is I that okay? I don't care. No, it's fine. I, um, I, I think I cursed earlier. <laughs> oh, okay. Sorry. That just kind of came out. I was like, wait a second. Um, so, but I mean, I love like the women that like really get me going or like women in the boys club, like women navigating a man's world and really finding strength and empowerment from that environment or, you know, being in the mix of that ideology or situation, so to speak. So I love women in the boys club. Like those are my ladies. Those are my girls. Like. That's what I'm like super excited about whenever I get to play any of those women, you know, and I, and I think that at, like actresses that are in the boys club would be like Jodie Foster, Charlize Theron, Hilary Swank, like total badasses across the board and, you know, all have such strength and such vulnerability at the same time, you know? So for me, like I love the boys club, like totally down with that. So that's what I love. Interesting. Very interesting. Well, as we wrap up here, do you have, um, I guess maybe the biggest, like any advice you would have for anybody that might find themselves at maybe the doorstep of going down, there's two, you know, there's two doors they can take. One might lead them down a path of destruction. Or the other one might lead them back to a path of um, enlightenment. Um, any sort of advice since you've been on both sides of the sticks? Sounds like it. Um, I'm just curious. Wow. Um, 
I feel myself getting a little emotional about that question because I feel that, you know, 13 and a half years later, I feel that that is a question that comes up for me in all aspects of my life. Like, even in filmmaking, like, do I keep going? Do I give up? Do I throw in the towel? You know, or... And I really... I can say this. I can say that we all have the strength and the power within us. And it's like, if you can just sit still enough to feel that, to know that you are worthy, to know that it's going to be okay, it is, it's going to be okay. And it's like, if you can just have faith in that. So for me, it's like, have faith, trust, and believe. You know, and it's like, if those are the only three words you can remember, is like, have faith, trust and believe it's going to be okay this too shall pass and it's just like I can share that my life is nothing what I ever could have imagined it to be but at the same time it's more than I ever could have imagined it to be so I mean it's beyond my wildest dreams it's like if we can just get out of our own way and just let it be it's all going to be all right I like that. Get out of your way and just let it be. Hey, Marissa, mm-hmm. it was wonderful speaking with you and meeting with you. And um, thanks for oh, spending an hour with pleasure. me. <laughs> Thank you so much for taking the time to chat about all this stuff. I love it. Yay. I know if you're in New York, come say hello. would love to meet all of you in person and yeah, it'd be amazing. We were, my family and I were there just, uh, um, my work, my wife works in, uh, in, um, and flies in New York like every month. So we were out there visiting her, um, uh, during one of her work visits. My daughter and I were cruising around the city and my daughter was, the whole thing she was looking for was trying to find out where Sebastian Stan lived. Sebastian Stan played the, um, Winter Soldier, um, he's like some hot, hunky actor. That's her first crush. She's only 13. So, so. Wow, I love it. She's got excellent taste. Well, it was, it was fun. We just figured, like, we're in New York City. He lives around here someplace. And so we started asking him. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So that's if you if you happen to work with him one day, just that'll register in your back of your mind, like, oh, my God, that's right, Scott's daughter. <laughs> I will shoot you a little uh, private message Instagram. on that one for sure. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Marissa. Uh, thank you so much for everything. It's been such a pleasure. Thank you. That concludes my interview with Marissa Vitali. If you like this episode and other episodes here on the Film Trooper podcast, then please leave a ratings and review over on iTunes. If you just head over to filmtrooper.com forward slash iTunes, uh, shoot you over to the page and any ratings or review that you give the show helps bring more awareness on the iTunes platform which allows other people to find it more easily and if you're a filmmaker who's stuck trying to get their film off the ground right now or you're trying to think about what's your next film going to be but you're worried about whether or not you have all the pieces in place to just get going then I offer you a free gift over at freegearguide.com again that's at freegearguide.com And this is an equipment list of everything that I use to make a feature film for $500 with no crew. Again, that's at freegearguide.com, and that's my free gift to you. Thanks for everyone who's stuck around to listen to the episode, and I'll see you next time on the Film Trooper Podcast.